Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. If you're looking for the fastest way to create a repeatable process for generating high quality leads and predictably book your calendar with interested prospects on autopilot without cold calling or ads, I created a free video training that will show you how to do exactly that. Head on over to outboundleadaccelerator.com. That's outboundleadaccelerator.com to get your free video training. If you're in B2B sales, and especially if you're in technology, you're most likely on LinkedIn. Now, while there's tons of professionals on LinkedIn, and most likely a lot of your ideal prospects, it can be difficult to figure out how you should go about connecting with these people and eventually getting them into sales conversations if they fit your target market. I know that I've used LinkedIn before, but I've generally tended to rely more on email and other channels to get someone's attention and get them on the phone for a sales meeting. But I know LinkedIn is a phenomenal resource, which is why I brought on this next guest to talk about his process. Um, Some of the difficulty that I and others have had is exactly what you should do and in what order in order for LinkedIn to be a great sales channel. In this next conversation, my guest is going to break down in excruciating detail the exact process that his and his clients go through in order to turn LinkedIn prospects into sales meetings. This is super detailed. We go very in-depth on the outreach process step-by-step, as well as what he says at each step in the journey. So you're going to come away with a blueprint and uh, essentially scripts on what you should do in each phase of the process, as well as some tools that you can use to automate things as much as possible, as well as stay organized. Looking forward to this one. Hey, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Adam Springer, founder of StartupSales.io. He helps B2B startups engage and convert more prospects into paying clients by creating simple sales processes so they can grow and scale their companies. Adam is here to talk about specific results that he and his clients have gotten using LinkedIn as an outbound sales channel. On today's call, you're going to learn how to craft an ideal LinkedIn message that gets your prospects attention. Adam, pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm excited to learn how to craft that perfect message. Absolutely. Absolutely. Looking forward to this. So what would you say makes StartupSales.io different than other startup consultancies? Wow. Let's jump right into it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> experience. You know, I've been the first time uh, salesperson for three different startups. One of them is a unicorn. Another one is several hundred million. The third one is private. They're doing very well, but uh, they're private. They're not going that route. Cool. Awesome. And like at a high level, uh, can you describe the value you provide to those companies? Sure. So, well, first of all, who I help is tends to be like early stage, like a seed to series A, even beginning series B, depending on where, how they are. 
mm-hmm. um, B2B companies with complex sales processes or gotcha. sales cycles. So what I do generally is I come in and I help them with one of three or all three sections. There's three parts in order to have a well-oiled sales machine. That is how do you engage with more prospects? Mm-hmm. How do you convert those prospects once you're engaging with them? And then how do you scale the system? How do you scale that process? So those are the three things I work with on with companies. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. And let's talk about, you know, you and your clients, we're talking about LinkedIn outreach. Who does LinkedIn outreach work best for? Like what types of companies? Well, I mean, in my limited experience, cause my, my focus is very niche, you know, gotcha. and complex sales processes. So it works very well for them. However, mm-hmm. I've also seen, you know, through the communities that I'm in, that it's working very well f- for generally a lot of people. It just has to be, make sense commercially for you to spend the time. If you're selling a $50 a month product, it's not going to really be worth it to have a salesperson doing that. Gotcha. So complex sales processes and you know, high transaction value or high lifetime value of the customer to make it worth it. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And what does like a, a LinkedIn outreach at a high level, what does that cadence look like? How many touches, that sort of thing? Sure. So first of all, I mean, everybody's probably gotten a lot of LinkedIn sales emails or messages and, and they all suck and they're all really <laughs> poorly written and they all think like spam. And so when most people think, hey, LinkedIn outbound, like, no, they want to stay away from it. And I understand where that's coming from because of all those really horrible messages, but uh, don't be afraid of it. it. It works and it works really well. So, and the way it works is, is when you do it in a more natural way, there's a lot of aspects to it, which I'm sure we'll dive into. But to answer your question directly is what are the cadence look like? It's, I send a connection request. As soon as it's accepted within 24 hours, the sooner the better, they get a message from me thanking them for accepting my connection but there's no sales done whatsoever. After a month, one month, then you send your first like uh, message to try to engage them. It's still not a sales message. It's just trying to engage them with a hint about what you do. And then a follow-up if they don't respond. And then that cycles. Every three months, they get another message and then a follow-up every three months. And so you could automate that. Okay. So it's a four-message process and it lasts two hours going every three months. Gotcha. So I've never heard with that distance before, that frequency before, but I like that after one month, you know, you're not going, I feel like a lot of when people get these sales messages. It's just like, right to, you know, connect, boom, here's, here's what I yeah. got. Connect, boom, here's what I got. That's like the number one thing that people say they hate on LinkedIn is like, why are you sending me a sales message after you have connected with me like immediately like we just connected so i like that a lot okay so connection requests thanks for the request after one month first message to try and engage with a hint about what you do follow up if they don't respond about every three months okay cool and and what are you using to send these messages is it manual automated once you compile your list which you could use you know linkedin sales navigator to do it's all automated until they respond and so it's just it's a really streamlined system so that it doesn't take a lot of time from you mm-hmm. uh, once you set it up. And the tool I use is right now is called Expandy, okay. uh, expandy.io. A uh, terrific tool, mostly because they have amazing customer service. The founder was actually on my podcast as well. 
but they have a really great tool where you could actually have everything automated and then manage your inbox within its tool as well. So it's really nice. Gotcha. So that's how you keep up with the manual follow-up after they respond every three months. Exactly. It's kind of like a half CRM uh, for LinkedIn. Once you actually have people that are engaged with you. That's like my number one, number my number one gripe with LinkedIn, but when it comes to using it for sales is that the inbox is you just, can't keep them. Yeah. <laughs> just things get lost so easily. And then you got the sales navigator inbox and LinkedIn inbox. And you know what I mean? There was someone very well known on LinkedIn who just like a couple months ago was like, I just found out about the sales navigator inbox. <laughs> like there's been like years of messages in there and you yeah. know, he didn't know about it. I'm like, yeah, cause it's hard to find, but that's great. So all of that's consolidated into that one thing in expandy. Exactly. Cool. And is it set up like uh, just to visualize it, is it set up like a Kanban board, like on Trello or is it, how does it look? When you're no, um, it, the UI needs some work for sure. Okay. Uh, so if any UI experts, uh, there's a good target for you. Uh, <laughs> but it's kind of just like a list and you search with uh, filters, tags. I mean, there's the tag management system. So Cool. So it's easy to figure out last time contacted, that sort of thing. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. You mentioned, okay, compiling the list. So what does that look like for finding these prospects to reach out to before we get into messaging? Sure. So first of all, you want to go into Sales Navigator and you create your search there. Now, Sales Navigator is the search. While it's very powerful, it's also just as clunky as their inbox. Uh, <laughs> you could put in there that, okay, I want people that have been in the role for two to five years. And then you get somebody that was just started yesterday. Yeah. Like, it's not the best, but it's what we have. <laughs> so using that and what you do is you want to create your first rough draft, your first search, and then start looking at the results and saying, okay, are these people good? Okay, there's these kind of people that are in there. How do I filter these people out? So you want to keep working on that list until you find, get a list where it's like majority of the people, like 90 plus percent are your right target audience. And then you could take, copy that over to your tool and start the automation process. Gotcha. Okay, so you're doing that you are using the filters, but then going through and like hand selecting, okay, this is who I need to talk to. This is not because it's, you don't always get the results that you're looking for with it. It's not hand selecting. I'll look at like the first one or two pages okay, and make sure that they fit my parameters. And if there's one person that doesn't fit my parameters, I look at, okay, how can I filter this person out? Because if not there's sure. one person, there's going to be more. You're not picking people for the thing. You're making sure you're kind of, doing the opposite and getting people out who you don't get out. Exactly. So otherwise it would just take too long. (laughs) Sure. Sure. No, that's good. That's a good way to, uh, to go about it. Okay. So, and you're able to use that list inside of to like, how does that connect to expandy for sending the message? So you just copy paste the URL and just give it to expandy and they, they're able to pull it in and you could add it to a campaign that you could create just like any other CRM with a a cadence system. Awesome. So to give people context on how you select prospects, what are some things, can you give us like an anecdote of how you've targeted prospects before, but whether by your, for yourself or for a client, what you want to do is you want to decide who's going to be the quickest and easiest win for you. Mm. Now, 
because there's a hundred people that you could help, but you just want to go for the quickest and easiest wins. So this, the more niche you go, the better, because your messaging needs to be niche as well, which I'm sure we'll get into, but you need to be super niche in the search so that when they get the messaging, they feel like, Hey, this is me. I'm receiving it. Wow. This is really who I am. And this is really the problem I have. Um, and they find themselves in it. So to create that search, first create your uh, ideal client profile based off of, you know, who the quickest and easiest win would be for you. If you're doing this, trying to get that quick and easy win, how many people are usually in that list that you are? Is it like, you know, hundreds? So it really, it's a good question. It really depends. You know, it depends on who you're selling to and what your ideal client profile is. Sometimes you could get a few thousand. Um, sometimes, you know, maybe only a few hundred, it will change. Now, what's important is when you're going through this on LinkedIn mm -hmm. is before you actually copy your, your search URL is you actually want to click at the top where it says like active in the last like 30 days or 60 days, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then because those people are going to be more, since they're active on LinkedIn, those are the ones that are going to actually be responding. You don't want to waste your time sending messages to people that aren't active. Gotcha. Okay. That's important for sure. Yeah. Okay. I like that a lot. Going after those hyper responsive people on LinkedIn. Okay. So you're taking a lot of the um, old common knowledge, not common knowledge, but the, like, I feel like there's a old guru teaching of LinkedIn is, you know, just fire out as many as you can to, um, <laughs> which used to work better used a couple to. years ago, used to work better, but you're doing the opposite and going more specific, more niche, more niche, more targeted, right. And going after yeah. that highly responsive audience. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So let's go into, so you, that's how you build your list and you're able to copy that into the expandy so you know who your target audience is. Let's go down like message by message. So connection requests, personalized, non-personalized, what does that look like? So the numbers between personalized and non-person and no note at all, you have about a three to 4% increase when you write a note. Mm. Given that that note is not a sales message or one of those, hey, I see we have friends in common, let's connect. So it's... Because you could automate it, you might as well just put something in there and make it personal because three, four percent is a huge increase of connection requests. So put something in there, but not salesy and not about you, not about the company. Don't make it fake. It needs to be authentic you. Uh, so even just says, hey, I, you know, I was looking to connect with founders of early stage startups so that I could uh, expand my network. That's truth. Sure. That's you. And it's not salesy. It's, uh, you know, that people are more likely to respond to that. Question about Expandy. Can you put in merge? Can you do any sort of like tags, merge tags with Expandy? Yeah. It okay. Fields. Yeah. You yeah. can put in their first name if you want. Yeah. But you're for or, this. Or company name. Cool. But for this, you're doing just something that could, I guess, be sent to everyone who's in that list. Like Exactly. Cool. Exactly. Awesome. Because you've niched down and you're very specific on who's getting this message. Mm -hmm. Did that work up front? Um, yeah. So then you said a thanks for the request, which is right after they connect, I assume. So once they accept the message, you kind of play a psychological game, <laughs> like okay. anything with sales. Sure. So the message that I send within 24 hours, uh, I try to be, you know, if I could get it, you know, the automation is going to do it 
right away or mm -hmm. whenever you choose. So I have it like 15 minutes later. But what I say is, hey, thank you for accepting my request. Like I'm kind of putting them up on a level and I should probably have the notes up so I could tell you exactly what, <laughs> exactly what I write. So it's thanks for accepting my connection. I'd love to learn more about you when you have a moment uh, with a question mark. So basically it's like, hey, I wanna learn more about you. They ask for me, I create sales processes to get over 5 million in revenue for early stage founders. Anyway, thanks again for connecting, Adam. So there's a hint into what I'm doing, but it doesn't say anything about, do you need this? Or let's jump on a call. There's no sales there. It's just a hint about what I do, but it's very conversational because I asked him what he or she does. So I said, I'd love to learn more about you. And then, hey, here's what I do. So again, and then I end it with, anyway, thanks again for connecting. So there's no question. There's no, it's just all I'm trying to get them to do is engage with me. Yeah. I love that. Just getting them to engage because yeah. I mean, they're looking at that thing. Like sometimes I get, I'm sure you get them to these long blocks of stuff and it's like, they ask multiple questions. Like usually people are on the phone looking at that. They don't want to respond to that right there. And, and then you know how the LinkedIn inbox is like, if you don't get that engagement, you're going to get pushed out. Like you're going to get <laughs> out of sight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people don't clean up their LinkedIn inboxes like they do email. So it's even more important to get them to engage. So I can definitely see that. What type of yeah. responses do you get to that message? I don't have that exact number in front of me. I have like overall numbers. Or I mean uh, like what types like a, of responses, like how do people. So respond? what types of responses are extremely positive? And this is goes not just for what I'm sending. It's also a lot of my clients, what they're getting as well. Uh, it follows a very similar pattern. And that's like, they're so interested because of what you wrote and that like one line, uh, I call it an elevator pitch in your messaging, uh, because your elevator pitch is so right on the money as far as who they are, what you do and the result that you get, that they get. And so really like is sexy for them. So some of the responses that I get would be, wow, that sounds great. I'd love to learn more or, Hey, I'm free next Tuesday. I actually get people that are coming to me and asking me for a call now. And so it's kind of sweet for sales. It's like switching the tide, I guess, changing the tide. It's getting them to come to me and ask me for a call rather than me asking them for a call. I love that because you are staying right in line with the spirit of LinkedIn and the platform, which is, yeah. well, um, one is recruiting, right? It's a hiring recruiting place for recruiter, director of people, but you're staying in line with the other big piece, which is people are there to network, people are there to connect, people are there to learn, not be sold to. And you're keeping that consistent with your messaging, your response. You're just like, hey, here's Adam. He helps with stuff that I, you know, actually need help with and helps people like me. Maybe I should, you know, talk to him and just like connect. So I love that. It takes the pressure away from this very much, so. you know, buyer seller dynamic. Yeah. And like you said, you're getting, they're asking you when you flip it. So I love that. Yeah. Cool. But it's yeah. not all, all rainbows and butterflies. I mean, sure. sometimes uh, like anything, it's like some people will say no, thanks. Mm -hmm. And then my response to that is like, no, thanks. What I, I'm not selling you. I'm just having a conversation. Yeah. Uh, it comes through, but you have to be careful with that because it could come through as extremely aggressive. So 
you want to make sure the wording is right for that kind of response. But uh, yeah, generally the feedback is is more positive than negative. Sure, it's different. Yeah. You know, because people competing for attention are mostly on LinkedIn are mostly come with the hard sell. So you're coming with something different. Yeah. It's like, okay, this yeah. is a little bit different. But I like that response too. That's good. I mean, I love stuff like that, but I feel like that's because I'm on, I'm <laughs> on the same side as you a lot of the time. So like, you know, we know how it feels. So, yeah. um, but if I got that from someone, I'd laugh if I saw that one be like, yeah. Oh my God, why would they send that to me? You know, that's sort of <laughs> <laughs> how dare yeah. you send that to me, but okay. Okay. I love that. So from there, you, if they respond positively, you are, I assume like chatting with them a little bit on there or really getting them onto a phone call. Is that right? So I will try to get them onto a phone call as much mm-hmm. as possible. Of course, I pre-qualify them. Now I look at their profile, make sure that they're a fit Okay. because um, it was automated before. And then, yeah, I'll try to get them onto a call. But if not, then they will go back. The system will automatically put them into the queue for the next step. Gotcha. So if they do get on a call, do you then tag them in Expandy? Yep. So what I do is if anybody shows interest in wanting to speak to me further, I mark them as a lead. Gotcha. And so that, cause that's one of the numbers I want to keep track of as well is like, how many leads am I getting from this? Because you need to track everything, but if I'm not closing any deals from this, but I'm getting a lot of leads, well then either my, I'm putting the wrong people into the system or I'm just a really shitty salesperson. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay. So when I have notes here, so I'm looking at these, let's say they go back into that queue to that next place, right? So uh, you are after one month, you're- They'll get get another message from me. That's kind of more, it's, I don't want to call it salesy, but it's more ask, it's more direct. And so basically it's, Hey, John would love to know a little more about how things are going at your company. I put the company name and then I say reason is I'm working with early stage founders inside a unique framework to help them build a personalized action plan to get over 5 million in scale. I thought I'd check in and see if this might be of interest to you as well. Happy to share the approach. Let me know. Adam. So again, now it's kind of more salesy. It's more uh, expecting a response, mm-hmm. but it starts with hey, what, how are things going with you? And it's not, do you want to jump on a meeting or here's how great we are, yada, yada, yada. It's got that one, that one sentence elevator pitch, which follows the same formula as before. So if you didn't realize the formula, it's, and anybody could use this, it's we help who, what result. And so we help early stage founders, that's who, inside a unique framework to help them build a personalized action plan, that's what, to quickly get over 5 million in revenue and scale. That's result. I really like that because you're still giving them something. Like you're trying to give them like this framework you're talking about. You're still trying to give them value, right? Yeah. If they talk to you, they know, okay, I know I'm going to get something out of this from Adam. He's going to give me something valuable. So you're not just like, Hey, let's hop on a call. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause nobody wants to just hop on a call. People want to no. solve their problems. If they know what they're getting out of it before they hop on, they're more likely to hop on. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, well, and I'm not even asking for a call. True. They'll ask me for a call because 
my messaging is so spot on. Like right. I help early stage founders. Well, if you're not an early stage founder, you're obviously not going to respond, but that would be really horrible messaging for me. But there's enough there to understand what I do, which doesn't really matter what I do, but the result is what matters. And that's a result that founders of early stage companies want. They want, five, they want to hit that million mark, then the 5 million, 10 million, then 50 million, and so on. You're not offering a call. You're offering a result, and they're asking you for the call. Exactly. Quick thing on this. So I want to talk about your LinkedIn profile before we continue. Is there a way that you structure that? Any specific thing you do with that so that when they click over and see you, that helps with conversions? Yes. Most people go in there and they put, hey, I'm the CEO of this company, or I'm the head VP sales of this company. And it's all about you. Look at that as like your sales page. It's the same with uh, your messaging that you would email people. You don't sit there and talk about you. Mm -hmm. And so if you go, anybody could go and look at my profile, Adam Springer and company startup sales, you could look it up in the thing. It's all about my prospect. It's all about their pains and what they're trying to achieve. And so you'll see from the picture that there's taglines and there's keywords that make them like, oh, they come onto my site and right away they see things that, hey, B2B sales strategy, uh, this or this, whatever it is. And then they, they read about like my about me, not the about me, the uh, tagline underneath. It's more keywords. It's more precisely what my prospects would be looking for. And then the about me is talking about the results that they get and the problems that they have. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about, look how cool we are. We've helped over 500 clients and we get these. Nobody cares about that. They, everybody's uh, selfish and we care about ourselves generally. Awesome. So it's all customer centric um, things that they would exactly. be looking for um, exactly. to solve their problems. Love it. Love it. The profile is actually extremely important step. So it's good that you brought it up because, well, it's not active at all, like during your automation, during your outreach, but people get a message. If it's sexy enough, they're like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let's check out this mm -hmm. guy to see if he's legitimate. Then you, they go to your profile and then there they'll make their decision to reply to you or not. And so I've had a lot of people come back and say, well, like, you know, generally I don't respond to these to emails or these messages, but uh, you know, your profile is just right. It sounds exactly what we need. And boom, I'm in. If you go to Adam's LinkedIn page at the time of this recording, when you go to his profile in his header, right, his header image, he's got those keywords in there. So people can see immediately like, okay, if they're in the right, if they're in this market, they're going to be drawn to this. He has these keywords throughout in his headline uh, in the about section, like he was mentioning, there's no question as to who he serves and what he does. And it's like one of those things where like, if you say you do everything, uh, like if you're a consultant, if you're like a marketing consultant who does everything, people are like, Really? Like how good are you at everything? But if you do <laughs> one specific person receive one specific type of result, they're like, okay, that makes sense. Like, this is what you do. This is your lane. Like, like exactly. That's that it's not just for lane. consultants either. And sure. any company, this works even better for companies because then, you know, consultants are always a, a tougher thing to sell. It's a different right. sales process, but for companies, like if you have a SaaS platform or mm -hmm. some kind of a product, then it's, it works really well for this because people also don't give you the time there and they're busy with their day to day. They don't, it's still the same. It's still human psychology. 
For sure. For sure. It's always, I've had an easier time selling products than services. So that may play into what you're talking about there um, with that, <laughs> yeah. for sure. But uh, we're going to the next step on this cadence, um, follow up if they don't respond. So, you know, after one month, you're sending that message that you had mentioned, that value laden message. And then from there, you're following up every three months. Yeah. So they'll get, well, after about a week from the one month email message, mm-hmm. they'll get like a follow-up message, just your boilerplate. Hey, you're probably really busy. Let me know either way. Yada, yada. And then every three months you could repeat the last two steps. Now, obviously it's better if you change it up, but you don't even need to do that. And you don't need to be afraid of people seeing, well, we've, uh, he's been messaging me for a year and I never responded. It does, if they're ready, they're ready. And right. if your messaging is on point, then they'll message you when you're, they're ready. Are you sending the same message? Are you sending something a little slightly different in those uh, quarterly follow-ups? And the repeat? Yeah. I, I'll change the message. Okay. But so, still, the, so it's still with, with that elevator pitch sentence in there because uh, mm-hmm. that's key. But like one time I'll tell them, hey, I've got this uh, video that uh, walks you through how to do this. Okay. Would you like me to send it to you? So it's more of like a lead magnet then. Because again, you're not trying to sell them over this. You're just trying to engage them. And that's the whole point. Gotcha. Serving them valuable, valuable content, going for engagement um, exactly. above all else. Cool, cool. And when they engage, and you, you only mark them a lead once they, you, once they engage, you pre-qualify. And then if they pass that, then you get them onto a call or then the call takes place after that. But once you pre-qualify them, then you mark them as a lead and expandy. Yep. Okay, cool. And then you go to the call. Okay. Have you had anyone that has fallen off in between those steps or I'm trying to visualize Oh, it. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just like if somebody call, like writes on your website for a requested demo or contact us and then you can never get a hold of them. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. it's like, Hey, you came to us. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> it happens here too. I mean, this is life. Sure. Sure. But that's right. If they do fall off, they go back into that cadence, that follow-up cadence. I mean, it's more of a manual process. Eventually I'll put them back into there, but I'll try to follow up with them sure. manually. And then once I finally give up, it depends on the person. Right. Uh, right. Okay, cool. Cool. So let's talk about, I know you have some like numbers on the process, like metrics that you've gotten. So let's hear, I'd love to hear that in terms of. Um, sure. First of all, a lot of people hear or don't know, either you know very well or you don't know at all, that if you use automation on LinkedIn and you do this kind of stuff on LinkedIn, it's a very uh, taboo subject. (laughs) And a lot of people get their accounts blocked on LinkedIn for Mm -hmm. using automation and trying to be a pushy salesperson. Mm -hmm. And so the reason for that is because people abuse it. They'll come in and they'll send up, they don't target their audience. They don't write personalized messaging. So it comes across as spammy. They ask for the sales meeting and they'll send two to 300 messages a day. And, you know, hey, it's automated. So why not? All those things will flag you with LinkedIn and get your account blocked. I'm really not up for that. I love, <laughs> I love my LinkedIn account. I don't want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And so I use everything that's recommended to be extremely safe. And to be extremely safe, they say no more than 100 connection requests a day. Now I even go 
probably 50 to 60 to 70, depending on time of the year and everything, but I'll even go lower than the recommended safe limit. I have some clients that push that up to a hundred and, and they're fine. But anyways, so I'll send a hundred connection requests a day. You should aim for about a 40 to 60% acceptance rate. So normal is about 40. If you're hyper-targeted, you could get up to 60. That's what you want to aim for. So if you're sending out 500 connections in a week, you should have about half of those 250 accepting your request. And then from there, you should get around, this changes a lot during to which industry as well. And if you get your messaging right, but this is what my clients are getting. And so we're working with good messaging, but you should aim for about 10 to 20% response rate, which is a huge, I mean, the acceptance rate, okay, it's okay to be that bad, but 10 to 20% response rate is a huge difference, but it really depends on how targeted you are and your pers- the persona that you're going after. Does that include negative responses too? Yeah, like that's, responses? that's everybody. Gotcha. I would say around like 12, 15% response rate. Um, I have clients that get up to 25, 30%, but, uh, normally 10 to 20. And then of that, of those people that respond, you should have about a third of them are leads. They want to talk to you. They want to have a call or meet with you and learn more. And so if we run those into numbers rather than percentage, so if you do a hundred connection requests a day, that's 500 a week, 250 accept about 30 respond, and that will mean about 10 leads. So you'll have 10 warm leads every week by doing this. And it probably takes you, if you're active and you're you're good at responding, probably about like 20 minutes to 30 minutes a day. Love it, love it. Now, this is only one piece of the puzzle. (laughs) All right. You You could increase that dramatically if you start putting content out there. That's another thing. That's another call. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's another call. But, yeah. you know, that's good because there's definitely like, I know people who've gone the content route and have been generating leads just from content and it works, but it does take a long time to build up, at least from my, you know, experience talking to people who've done it a long time. So, but this is good to, for someone who's looking to get started um, quickly. And um, I'll say one thing I really do like about LinkedIn is you don't have to worry about email deliverability. You don't have to worry about ruining your email if you do something the wrong way, or as long as you stay within these limits that you're talking about, your account should be safe. And if you're sending targeted stuff, it's going to be fine. Like, you know, like you said, when you abuse it, when you spam, that's when you run into issues. Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Anything we didn't touch on that you think would be valuable for people to know about this process? Yeah, we touched on it. But remember, the the point of these messages is not to sell. You're only trying to get them to hit the reply button. That's it. You keep that in mind and you speak in your own voice and like speak naturally. Mm -hmm. This will work. Gotcha. And my biggest takeaway from this and what sticks out to me the most is that, again, you're treating LinkedIn like it's meant to be like a networking platform where you're connecting and you're doing it with the same authenticity that would someone would deploy face to face. Right. 
Like yeah. you, you wouldn't just walk up to someone and look them in the eye and like, Hey, my name is so-and-so you want to buy this thing. You wouldn't do that. But online people do it because they can hide behind the screen. Right. And it doesn't hurt as much that is embarrassing, but you know, you're doing yeah. exactly what you would do engage in a conversation a networking event or whatever, and yeah. you know, follow the rules, do it well, and you get the rewards. Is there anything on like points of strategic points of optimization that you think should be identified, like what yeah. you work track, on to improve it. Track the numbers always. Every day you should go and look, okay, how many people responded? First of all, if you use a tool, they typically will keep these numbers. Uh, if you use a, a cloud-based tool, I don't think the like DuckSoup or Linked Helper, the ones that sit on your computer, they track. But you want to track your response rates, your acceptance rates. Uh, for each campaign, if you're going to run multiple campaigns and how many leads you're getting and then how many from those leads, how many phone calls uh, end up on the phone, because that's how you're going to increase this and, and make it better. Uh, looking at the numbers, if, otherwise you don't know what's wrong. You could say, oh, this doesn't work. I've come and helped people that, oh yeah, we look, we use LinkedIn before. It, it, it doesn't work. You look at their inbox. They, ha they use some automation. They have hundreds of messages and they just don't respond to them. <laughs> like, well, that, like, well, of course it doesn't work. It, it's not, it's not magic. <laughs> right. Right. Are you like making adjustments weekly or monthly or how do you do? Once I get a campaign up and running, probably like monthly once after I've already made the adjustments, but otherwise every week at the beginning, the first like month or two, it should take about three to five weeks to ramp up given that it takes time. Then yeah. And then you'll have a, a couple of weeks to make adjustments and then you could just let it run. Gotcha. And uh, have you ever ran into invitation limits, anything like that? Connection requests? I have not, but that's because my tool automatically goes and deletes the old ones. Gotcha. Will it hit the same person twice ever or invite the same person twice? I'm not sure. Yeah. My guess is no, but I mean, who knows? Yeah. It, it wouldn't hurt if it did. Because even if it did, it's going to take, you're already going to be several weeks away. Yeah. Like they've already forgotten. Like yeah. <laughs> you could send them a message and talk to the person. They forget about it an hour later. Like sure. it, so don't be afraid of that. Sure. Okay, cool, cool. I love that. I love that. Adam Springer, enjoyed the conversation, learned a lot about LinkedIn. Uh, it's definitely a place where I could use some TLC and pay more attention to LinkedIn because I know the power of it. And I'm excited that you've shared this with myself and the audience. For more on Adam, if you're interested in working with him, interested in learning more about his process and, and what else he does for early stage startups, check out his website at startupsales.io. That's startupsales.io. Adam, pleasure chatting with you today. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Morgan. Thank you. Bye-bye. I really hope you enjoyed that interview. I know I did. If you'd like to get a campaign roadmap of exactly the steps that Adam uses and the messaging that he uses to get prospects attention and turn them into sales meetings, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash OM1. That's morgandwilliams.com forward slash O like Oscar M like Mary, and then the number one. And you can download a campaign roadmap and scripts from this episode.